Hey there, how are you? This is Gary Rogowski for Splinters. Thank you for joining me. I don't know if anyone has noticed the uh, intro and outro music on this podcast. I've, I tried to keep it pretty short. Uh, it's, it does not meet the criteria of podcast professionals, but that's the way it goes because it's done by one of my favorite guitarists, Carlos Bonell, and it is uh, from one of his CDs on the Beatles. The CD is called Magical Mystery Guitar Tour. And I wrote Carlos and I said, I love your, love your music. Uh, his classical guitar playing of his favorite Spanish composers. Fantastic. I listen to it all the time. Anyway, he was very generous and said, sure, go ahead and use it. So the <laughs> intro is this, this very long flourish, and you don't really know what it is. So I included like three or four notes of, of the Beatles song, which is uh, Maxwell's Silver Hammer. And uh, that's a part of the whole, one of the songs uh, for uh, my going away party or my funeral or whatever. I have Grandpa Was a Carpenter by John Prine, Crosscut Saw by Albert King, Bobby Darren's If I Was a Carpenter, Glass Onion by The Beatles. Listen to it. What else do I have? Well, I'm, I'm working on the whole, I'm working on the compilation. Let's just put it that way. I'm working on the compilation. Anyways, uh, Maxwell Silverhammer had to be included. So I hope you enjoy his playing. And now on to business. This chat is called Changes. No, it's called Change. That's it, Change. I hate change. I love change. Change has never been easy for me, no matter how I remind myself of it every season. I notice a plant sprout up in my yard, or I watch a puppy grow into its big paws, or a young boy neighbor starts to become moody and shy and hard to reach growing up. It is a difficult thing for the young, if you remember, to change from someone whose purpose in life was joy to someone whose purpose in life is now to live, to figure out how to live, because no one has done it yet. Well, not difficult for puppies. It is always joyful for them, but for us humans, it's quite a transition. Nobody likes the idea of constant change either. The anarchists, they can go away. Just take it away, please. Constant change is chaos. Chaos is rough on our fragile psyche. See Mihai Csikszentmihalyi's book, Flow. See Freud's book, Civilization and Its Discontents. See the whole year of 2020. If you want to get some sense of what chaos feels like, that's, those are good, good things to check in on. We like constancy, and some of us like a little bit of change. It helps to keep things fresh. In, in the book Flow, the author relates how a Pacific Northwest Coast tribe, indigenous tribe there, moved every 20 or 30 years to keep everything fresh for the tribe members. It forced people to make new homes, design new game trails, or to find new game trails and food sources in a new location. At the same time, they left behind the land that they had been on to regenerate. What an idea. They didn't clear-cut everything and walk away to let the land regenerate instead of using it all up. We have this 
bizarre notion that the, the world is here for us to grind up and spit out, and then we'll go find another one to do the same to. It's an odd concept, I think. Anyway, some of us like the changing of the seasons. Some of us do. But enough about the concept of change. I will simply pull off the Band-Aid, a somewhat painful image used on me recently, I'm sorry to say, and tell you that the studio is closing its doors in Portland. After 24 years of offering classes in Portland in two locations, it's time for me to try a new angle on things, a different tack, a new teaching model. Time to work smarter instead of harder still. I've been doing that for a long time, and it's, it's wearing me out. And the pandemic happened, and I had to change. Like many businesses, I had to adapt quickly, and the adaptation proved to be pretty successful for me. So I'm trying to make a switch to something a little less taxing on me and um, with, a, with a larger reach online. It's been a wonderful run with my students, even though the characters keep changing. I always said that students will stay for two or, th two or three years at the very most. But if they're woodworkers, by nature, they're independent. They're going to figure this stuff out and say, well, he doesn't know what he's talking about. He does that that way. I'm not going <laughs> to. Shay would do that on me. <laughs> he spread the glue with his fingers. And I say, Shay, don't do that. And he goes, oh, no, this is the right way to do it. You're wrong. I'm right. I'm like, okay. My job here is done, right? That's the job of the teacher. Give each student enough information until they can go off on their own and you can wave to them from the shoreline. See you later. <laughs> it's great. No, it really is. But that's the nature of, of teaching and if, of teaching woodworkers, that they stay for a, a short period of time. Um, some of them used to start with me in a novice class and then go on to the mastery program. But uh, some just would take some classes and stay, you know, for a few week-long classes and then come back next summer and come back the summer after that. And others would build a workbench with me and in the fall and then take a, a winter class and then a summer class. And, and then you'd never see them again. They were off on their own. And that's great. So the cast of characters has, has continued to change, cycling in and out of here. And I've shared what I learned uh, and that's always been a gift for me to share this stuff. On the flip side, it's always sad to see folks go. It does remind me of, of time's passage. But to get inside those studio doors and shut out the insane world and its increasing insanity, to work at the bench has been a great treat. A blessing for me that I, that I got to work and teach in a wood shop every day. And you can't beat that. Mm -mm, you can't beat that. I got to go to work in the wood shop every day. Pay wasn't that great, but the time there, that sure was. There are a number of things I, I remember with great fondness. Our run of design open houses was very special to me. We started this, oh golly, eight, nine years ago. Maybe, maybe more than that. I'd have to look it up. But those were evening events, free, open to everyone. And I would invite one or two people to come in and chat with me about big ticket ideas. We talked about inspiration, we talked about creativity and inspiration, uh, curiosity. Things you can talk about for hours and never come to any real conclusion. Fun, really fun, fun times. And, and we bandied it about and sharing this and these ideas with the community at large was, was a blast. 
I will continue to fight against the notion that woodworkers are all blockheads. Oh, you're just a woodworker. How nice pat on the head, metaphorically, from someone. Yeah. So I was really happy to have those design open houses running. That was, that was important to me. Because they, they offered, really and truly, a necessary balance to the grind of the hours at the bench on a project that we would have. This mixture of ideas and efforts produces more ideas, but it also makes effort easier. It is this mixture of physicality and thought that has always been the appeal of the work for me. When I started woodworking after college, I was very challenged mentally. I was trying to figure stuff out I had never thought about before. And then there was all the physical stuff I had to learn. I had to train myself. So it was always a twofold mix of ideas and efforts. It was never one or the other. And I have come over the years to understand how our body and our mind work together, not separately, when we are at our best. When we are at our worst after eight hours of only one type of computer work or one type of grinding at the bench, it wears on us. But mix the two together and the work feels better and the ideas get fresher. It is my considered belief that we are better for working hard with our bodies and this helps us to work hard with our heads. I like that mix. And the vice and the versa. We had a nonprofit for a while. It's going to shut down, I'm sorry to say. We were teaching high school kids in our Woodworking Ideas Northwest, the wind program. This was a high point for me of satisfaction, frustration, and fun. High school kids are challenging. They are challenging, but they can be a blast to work with. This whole venture was wrapped up in a vision I had to create a school here in the Pacific Northwest that was, that was a cultural phenomenon. I was really trying to create something large, and I failed at that. It's okay. It didn't come to the fruition that I'd hoped for. I'd envisioned a studio with a mastery program, with an ongoing high school mentoring program. We would work with veterans in construction education, building tiny houses, and we would have a sawmill and a forestry program, as well as ongoing classes. I had big ideas. And this was also people could see the value of education from the source to different endpoints. But having a vision isn't enough. I needed support and someone more adept than I at raising money and put together a board, but we couldn't get over the hump. So the nonprofit will close, and that's a sadness. I do feel lucky, however, that I was able, over the years of building one-of-a-kind pieces of furniture, uh, previous 24 years, um, that I was able to transform that into teaching and talking, and that's been a gift. Uh, it remains a gift. I am lucky to have chosen the path that has allowed for this kind of freedom. It is seldom found in other walks of life. If you get a PhD in literature, you don't try and become a physicist. If you get a PhD in physics, you get a job as an astronomer, not as a writer. But then, you know, I'm a hardhead. I bounce around, peripatetic, uh, full of energy. What else could I have done but what I chose? So you're probably asking, what the hell are you going to do? You're going to close the studio. What are you going to do? Well, I'm leaving the building that the studio has been in for the past 15 years, and I'm moving somewhere. How's that? 
it's re it's not completely undetermined, but I am dependent on on uh, a Wi-Fi signal, which does not exist at this place I have out in the country. So uh, what I'm trying to do in the next couple of months is move my 10,000 square foot shop into a 600 square foot area. How's that going to work? Um, but it'll happen. I, I have come to recognize that I'm a, I'm a wood hoarder, like most of you. I, you know, I, who's a special piece? Oh, this is a beautiful piece. This is a special piece. I can't use it on this project. It's not special enough. I, I have to save it for something special. And then I put it in a container or a pile, and I hadn't seen some of these pieces in 15 years since I'd set them there, since I moved into the studio. Oh, <laughs> sad. So I'm getting rid of a lot of stuff. Um, I'll probably put it on our website coming up, but we'll have a sale sometime in early August for, of wood and some tools. Anyway, the teaching will go on. It just will go on online, and we'll continue to, to develop our online classes. Our, our first build-along session was, was great fun, building a floating top table. And we're going to do more of those. I'm just not sure where they're going to originate from. So, But instruction will continue to be done online, especially the online mastery program, which has been a rousing success. been really happy with it. The Oompa, as we call it around the studio, is uh, has been great lovely orange face students no that's we are not dealing with oompa loompas um but uh it's been really fun so we've got two groups going now we'll have another started in october and this is where i want to put my focus on students excited about learning and exchanging ideas and talking about design and working on design but who also know about the hard work that has to get done at the bench in order to create this work but I'll do this now online as my reach there is greater. It's just simply greater. I also need to get back to some of my own work that has been put off for way too long. It's a kind of satisfaction that has largely been missing for me in the past 15 years. So no more fixing a thousand studio problems. I have, I'm going to narrow those down. I hate change. It is usually difficult for me, emotional when it's wrenching like this. Hells, bells, me and the Beagle took two and a half years wandering around the city going for walks trying to find a place before we found this spot. I moved my old shop out of Northeast 28th down by the railroad tracks in, a, in one month. And I was certifiably insane while I was doing it. I got my benches. I had my students help me move my benches and some of my machinery. I had most of my machinery, though, moved in four hours by this great machinery moving company. Two guys, a pallet jack, and a pry bar. That was it. They were amazing. But then I spent the next month trying to move everything in my little pickup truck. And every time I'd go back into the shop, I'd say, yeah, take about one more trip. And I did, did, did that for a full month. Yep, one more trip. Yep, one more trip. I just could not see clearly. It was, uh, it was too emotional. This move I've been working on for several months. And and so I'm a little bit ahead of the game and hope that uh, we can finish up here in the next few, few months with relative ease. But I will love some of the things about this time that I will never, ever be able to replace. Having my sweetie walk through the door on me unannounced or having students and visitors drop by just to say hi, that's been great. Uh, and that won't happen any longer. Thank you to those of you who have kept me from my isolation. Uh, it's easy to bury yourself in your work. 
and you helped me to change, and I, I do appreciate that. I really do. It's been great, great fun and allowed me to blossom in other areas, and I appreciate that. The future is steadfast. It is always unknown. To those who say, we'll never see this again, I say bunk, baloney. We'll see the same baloney again, just in different ways, different shapes. But humans remain, as always, only too human. We repeat our mistakes, we revel or boast of our vision of the future as if we actually know what's going to occur, even when evidence to the contrary shows us we will be wrong. But we go on. The economists keep saying, this is what the economy is going to do, and they're usually wrong, and they still keep getting hired. Go and figure. We will also move on and go listen to the birds sing, go for hikes, watch the sunrise, get some work done. We're just scrambling around spending our time trying to do the best we can. That's, that's for me. I'll be around still, just in a new, new place that has yet to be determined. Anyway, thanks for listening. Continue with the podcast, continue with our newsletter and uh, essays. And um, so not going away, not by a long shot. Thank you for supporting the studio and its physical location for the past 24 years. It's mission to bring education hands-on education to so many, to use our hands and to use our head and our hearts to build things. I think one of our most basic urges to make things and to make something of ourselves. Thank you for that. So before uh, Carlos takes us away uh, with more uh, Maxwell Silverhammer, check out the website or our newsletter for information on... uh, our wood and tools and jigs. We've got some chair jigs from Brian Boggs. I'm going to basically let those go for a song, although we'd spend a lot of time building them. Um, And there's plenty of wood for sale and some student tools. Sale we're going to have sometime in August, but uh, stay tuned. I'll let you know about that. Adieu, mes amis. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. (laughs) 